Welcome to City on the Edge. I'm Ty Bannerman. Anyone who lives in New Mexico knows how important water is to our state. And indeed, an understanding of the history, culture, and politics of water usage is vital to contextualizing life in the Southwest. Unfortunately, one unavoidable aspect of this vast topic is the fact that our water resources are often subject to drought and misuse. To get a better understanding of our relationship with water, I spoke to New Mexico political report correspondent Laura Pascas about Albuquerque, the Rio Grande, and the future of water in New Mexico. I am joined today by Laura Pascas, environmental reporter with New Mexico political report and a correspondent with New Mexico in focus. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I'm, uh, I'm doing great. We're here at the Albuquerque Press Club on an absolutely gorgeous day. It's been raining a fair amount, and we're going to talk about water and the state of the Rio Grande. Uh, and this is an area that you've written many, many articles about, so I, I, I figure you're like the go-to expert. Well, am I right about that? Or? I'm probably uh, someone who knows a few things and is willing to talk about them. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk about the, the Rio Grande. Um, how is it? So it's, it's not doing great. We've had basically the Southwest has been in drought for about 19 years. And that drought kind of moves around the Southwest, New Mexico, Arizona, California. Um, so... It had kind of moved away from us to California, and now we're back for the past almost year. We've been um, in a pretty severe drought here in New Mexico. Okay, and like I said, it has been raining a fair amount recently. What kind of impact does that have on the drought? Is it over at this point, or? Yeah, that's such a good question. So the Rio Grande and our other big river, the Pecos River, they're both snowmelt-driven rivers. So they need snowpack in the winter, and they need um, a not hot spring. And that way, the, the snow can sort of slowly melt and fill the river, fill the reservoirs. And that's like the system that we're all set up to deal with. Like, that's what, that's what we've understood the Rio Grande and the Pecos to be for centuries, millennia, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and and as our winters get warmer and drier, that system doesn't really work as well anymore. And so we can be super excited. Like we get so happy when we get monsoon rains and it feels really great and it smells really great. It doesn't do a ton for the river. Like you get these sort of uh, flash floods and you get a little bump in flows but for the most part, it just runs off um, and kind of goes downstream and doesn't soak into the ground. And so they, those storms are, they're like mini bursts of wonderfulness, but they're not the sort of sustained moisture we need. So it's, it's like a question of short-term rainfall versus long-term impact from 
the moisture level of the whole year. Is that yeah, and the warmer and drier it is, the more your soils are really dry, your trees and your crops demand more water. So you just kind of like, you never, you, you, you stop being able to catch up. Right. Okay. And so that's what's going on now is that we've entered into a, a vicious cycle with the moisture levels because they're lower. Uh, it means that crops require more water, which then, of course, depletes the resources that we already have. Am I understanding totally. that correctly? Yeah. And the warmer that we get as a planet and as a region, the more water everything demands and the more water evaporates off of your reservoirs. So it's like it is. It's this, it's this vicious cycle. And we kind of have both aspects against us right now. We have warming, which is a long-term climatic trend. And then we have drought, which is a short-term natural variation mm -hmm. in weather so we kind of we're kind of we're we're not doing great on either front so how bad is it i mean speaking specifically of say the rio grande because that's we can see it from albuquerque really easily i mean is that in danger of going dry or what is the what is the situation there yeah the situation on the rio grande is pretty bad this year so in April, when the river should have been full of snow melt and, you know, kind of water should have been rushing down bank to bank and you kind of get all happy when you when you see that in the river. Instead, this year, because we didn't have a good snowpack, the Rio Grande started drying in April, which is crazy. And when you say started drying, you mean like it sort of starts to shrink down or yeah. literally going dry? It or? shrinks down into these little rivulets and then into big puddles and then into sand or then mud, then mm -hmm. sand. Okay. And so it's, that started happening south of Albuquerque, um, south of Socorro in April and the the drying spread, I think maybe it was maybe 25 miles of dry riverbed. Like really dry riverbed? Dry, like, like sandy and wow. piles of dead fish. So no water really flowing through there at all at no that water. point. Yeah. Okay. Which is crazy. Like, uh, so that's happened since the late 90s, like stretches of the river go dry in the middle Rio Grande um, in the summer when the irrigation season is happening, when irrigators are taking as much water as they need out of mm -hmm. the river and the riverbed dries. Since I moved here in 96, I've never heard of it going dry in the spring like that. Right. That's just not something that happens. And I mean, it really is like if you were to drive south of Albuquerque, go down I-25 and get off south of Socorro, like you're going to Bosque del Apache Wildlife Refuge, and you get off and head east from the highway, there's a bridge that goes over the river there. And you could look up and down that bridge and just see sand. Wow. And that's our biggest river. Right. And that's kind of unprecedented mm -hmm. um, until this year. Uh, so how is it then... So I go to the, the river here in Albuquerque and I look out and frankly, it looks pretty good. It, it's, it's, it's flowing. It, it doesn't look like I could really, I probably could walk across it, but it doesn't look like I could. I'd probably be up to my neck at least. Um, what happens to all that water between here and, and where it's going dry? Yeah, so it's being diverted for irrigation. Um, probably 
cities might be taking some. Albuquerque takes some on the just south of the Alameda Bridge. Mm -hmm. But you totally could walk across. Even in winter, you could probably walk across the Rio Grande and Albuquerque. Yeah. You okay. might sink up to your waist in mud. Right. But you probably can walk across it. And so that water is... Like right now, if we, if we walked west to the river right now, the water that's there is coming from upstream reservoirs. Mm -hmm. And the Rio Grande, and I'm sorry if this will like make listeners' heads explode, but there's two different kinds of water in the Rio Grande. There's the... Head exploding. <laughs> <laughs> so there's the native Rio Grande water, which is okay. the water that's natural to our watershed. Mm -hmm. That you know comes in from snowmelt, comes in from tributaries, and then there is what's called San Juan Chama water. Okay. And that water is off of the Colorado River system, and it comes. It's this big engineering project that takes water from the San Juan River and pipes it through tunnels and canals and dumps it into the Chama River which okay. is a tributary of the Rio Grande. The Chama kind of feeds into the Rio Grande near, Chama, near um, Española. And so we have two kinds of water. Okay. Well, why is this happening, <laughs> first of all? This it seems really complicated for, uh, like, I, I just, is it just to keep water going in the Rio Grande? So, uh, so the, the simplest way I can try to explain it is the Colorado River has seven states that rely on that water and mm -hmm. New Mexico is one of them and so we take advantage of some of our rights to the Colorado River by masterminding this engineering project. Okay it seems maybe like a little like a Ponzi scheme or something. <laughs> well that's you are totally right. So uh, I think it's 110,000 acre feet in total that New Mexico water users can use from the San Juan Chama water. Mm -hmm. And so Santa Fe uses some, Albuquerque uses a bunch. And we, for years and years, for like decades, the city of Albuquerque didn't have a have its own engineering to take advantage of that water. So that 110,000 acre feet like just moved through the river it basically supplemented the native flows. Mm -hmm. And now we're all taking advantage of that water. So that like extra fake water mm -hmm. <laughs> isn't, is being used more. Okay. And the Colorado River system is also seeing less and less water. So right. we kind of have, like you said, kind of this Ponzi scheme of adding water to our system, but both systems are really struggling. So we've got two sources for the Rio Grande uh, water supply at this point, and yet it's still going dry south of the city, uh, south of Socorro, as you said. Um, is there any reason to think that that will get better anytime soon? So if we have a if we have a good snowpack mm -hmm. next this coming winter, then what could happen is that that snowmelt will f refill the reservoirs because right now our reservoirs are in terrible shape. Like um, on the Chama River, Elvado is 
dropping, like we're running out of the stored water there. If you've been up to Abiquiu this summer, like mm-hmm. Abiquiu, super low. Elephant Butte down south is at, the last time I checked the numbers a couple of days ago, is at 4.2% capacity. Whoa. Which is bananas. Yeah, that is bananas. So the first kind of priority, if there's a good snowpack next year, will be to like refill or, you know, put water back in the reservoirs and make our compact deliveries, give Texas the water that we owe Mm -hmm. Texas. Um, And hopefully there'll be water left over for the river. And I have to say a lot of the different agencies like the U.S. Bureau of Reclamation and even the Albuquerque Bernalillo County Water Utility Authority and the Middle Rio Grande Conservancy District, like all these different water managers and users have worked together this summer and the tribes, the Pueblos, have worked together this summer to try to keep as much water in the river as possible. But they've kind of been working on these very short-term solutions of like moving some water at a particular time or leasing water. Mm -hmm. But in the long term, we don't really have good long-term solutions for how to keep the river wet. Do we have an agency or organization that oversees water in the state overall? We have, so the New Mexico Office of the State Engineer um, and the New Mexico Interstate Stream Commission, they're kind of relate, they're kind of together, but they have separate missions. Mm -hmm. And they're like the two water agencies. And in New Mexico, like the water boss is the state engineer. And unfortunately, that is a politically appointed position. So under Governor Susana Martinez, we've had three state engineers. And the one we have these days, the most recent one, doesn't talk to the press, doesn't really interact with the public. And so he's, I don't know what he does. To be honest, like he is not a strong leader on water. New Mexico does not have a strong leader on water right now. Does the Martinez administration have, I mean, I guess she's kind of not long in office, but are there any policies in place that are addressing this crisis as of now or positions that she's taken that kind of show us what she's thinking or? No. And I think maybe that the fact that she hasn't shows what she's thinking. Water has never been a priority in her administration. And so the legislature has used her veto power as a way to not do much on water the last eight years either. And even, um, so when states, when states are experiencing a drought or some kind of natural emergency kind of thing, the governor declares an emergency and then makes the state is, you know, then eligible to apply for FEMA funds or disaster relief or whatever. And so our current drought started last October and scientists, meteorologists, experts had been warning, like, if we have a bad snow year, um, it's La Nina. We're going to ha- like, it's going to be bad. Like we're mm-hmm. in bad shape. Um, terrible snowpack, really warm spring. And Martinez didn't declare a drought, didn't issue a drought declaration until mm-hmm. July. Okay. And she issued this executive order that kind of had like a bunch of um, proclamations like to 
to reconvene this drought advisory task force. She's done none of that since July. So she clearly does not care about water or the long-term sustainability of the state in terms of Mm -hmm. water. What is the source of hope for our water at this point? Because if, say, we continue to have low snowfall, um, is there going to be a long-term solution that, that doesn't depend on, you know, the weather just helping us out? Yeah, that's such a good question. I think that I, when I first started co- covering water issues, it was 16 years ago. And like my very first real news story was about the Rio Grande and drying. And at that point in time, the agency, the different agencies were not working well together. They weren't acknowledging the problems. There were some legal battles. And so like almost 20 years later, I see these agencies that are working together better, that are trying to find solutions. But it's like even those really great efforts are really short-term solutions. They get us through a month or maybe a year. And I think it's, it's, they're such big issues. You know, climate change right. is such a huge issue. Uh, revamping your infrastructure is such a huge issue. And I try not to be naive about this, but I keep holding out hope that people are going to start working together better and start listening to scientists and planning for the future better. Mm-hmm. Um, you mean um, beyond just New Mexico's elected representation? Perhaps yeah. the country as a whole? Is, is that kind Ooh. of what you're going I think I have for? a little bit of hope for New Mexico. <laughs> I have a harder time feeling hope for the rest of the country right yes, now. Right. That's a tough one. But I think like as awful as it was to see the river go dry in April and as awful as it was to kind of watch it this summer and think, oh my gosh, the Albuquerque stretch is going to dry. Like that's really going to happen. I feel like it galvanized public interest in a way that when you see your river go mm-hmm. dry, it makes you feel differently about the issues, I think. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And something about a river versus, say, an aquifer is something that you can't really even see, but you can see the, the river go dry and the piles of dead fish. Mm-hmm. What do they call that? Optics? Yeah. <laughs> when they, yeah. Um, so you think that that might promote some some conscientiousness and larger scale changes? I like to hope so. I mean, I really, I keep, I feel like I've been covering these same issues for so long and I tend to get, I feel sad sometimes. Like I definitely feel really sad, but I also, I still feel idealistic that especially here in New Mexico where we have diverse cultures and a long history of sustainable land use and we have figured out like for all of our flaws we have figured out ways to work together in this state that I don't think happens every place and so I keep holding out hope that the people can work together 
but there has to be some kind of leadership, either from the governor's office or from the legislature or even the water utility authority these mm-hmm. days is has kind of taken a lead role in conservation and planning in a way that the the state has not. So there are like these little glimmers of possibility of hope, mm-hmm. but I'd, I don't know. They haven't quite galvanized. <laughs> no, but I think like I like I try to think about what could what could make it different and I think I mean if people every year when the legislature convenes everybody thinks we have to deal with whatever emergency there is the budget or you know whatever the governor decides is going to be the call for the session right and i think like every single person no matter what part of the state you live in if it's urban or rural or if you're a republican or a democrat libertarian, whatever, like water is not a partisan issue and the long-term sustainability of the state and like the ag industry and the economy and the ecosystems, like these are not partisan issues. So if every single person hounded their legislator, (laughs) right, right. (laughs) I don't know. So that's, so you would recommend people, people call and speak to their, their representatives? Yeah, I really do. I think that they need that your representatives and senators need to know that you think water and water planning is, is a priority that needs to be addressed, not just next year, but every single year. It needs to be a, a big part of what happens every single year. We talked about, you know, how with the river, it's clear when it grows dry. Uh, with an aquifer, it's hidden. What other like kind of hidden water issues are we dealing with in New Mexico right now? I think the aquifer issue is a big one. We've kind of we've depleted our groundwater resources like mm-hmm. all over the state. Um, they're anticipating that places like Clovis and Portales, I mean, huge water problems because of all the overpumping. But even up in the East Mountains, domestic wells have been going dry for years now. Um, lots of people talk about the drought of the 1950s. Like, that was such a, a big drought that people still talk about today, and the impacts were really widespread. But in the 1950s, when surface water supplies declined, we started pumping more and more and more. Mm. And so now that we're facing this sort of long-term potential for drought and, and long-term climate impacts from warming, we've, we kind of, I'm trying to think of a non-vulgar way to say this, but we wasted our groundwater. You know, we don't have it as kind of like a savings account for... Right bad times in the future. And so now we kind of have these surface water issues, but we don't have ground, you know, we don't have solid groundwater supplies to rely on either. It can't be our backup this time. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. God, this is cheery. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like I said, I think anytime we talk about water in New Mexico, it's always going to be a bit bleak and also very complicated, you know. Um, Okay, well, 
thank you for uh, taking some time to talk with me today. Do you have any kind of last thoughts you wanted to, to mention about kind of the water situation here? Or? Yeah, I think the best thing that your listeners can do is like go and enjoy our water. Go and, I mean, even if it looks kind of cruddy, enjoy the Rio Grande. The fact that we're a huge desert city that has mm-hmm. a still living river flowing through it. Phoenix doesn't have that anymore. Tucson doesn't. Denver doesn't. Like we have something really unique and beautiful. And even this summer for the first time, I tried to enjoy our reservoirs. I'd always kind of been like, stupid reservoirs, you ruined the, you ruined everything. But this summer I was like, I'm going to go swimming in as many reservoirs as possible. And I felt like for me, I was, it helped me remember that it shouldn't be all terrible. It should be like fun and good. Okay. (laughs) So enjoy the water while we have it. (laughs) (laughs) And also call your legislatures. Right. Legislators. Um, Well, great. Thank you so much for taking the time with me today. Thanks for being um, willing to talk about water. It's a little dark, but uh, well, I hope, you know, the hopeful signs of both both gubernatorial candidates being willing to talk about this and as you say more and more people being conscientious of these issues maybe we'll uh we'll get some kind of good news in a long-term sense one of these days i'll keep my fingers crossed (laughs) all right thank you